Hey everyone, this is Dustin Nemos, and I wanted to do a short video to sort of demystify some of the uh, caricature around QAnon that the fake news likes to portray. Anyone that has ever heard of QAnon is some sort of a crazy conspiracy theorist who believes some pretty absurd things. So I want to demystify some of that caricature. Now typically, uh, and I could probably show you a thousand examples, at least a hundred examples at this point, uh, just in the last couple of months, from fake news attacking QAnon. I mean, it's bad. It's more than anything else out there. They have to attack it all the time. All for a conspiracy theory, right? Uh, they don't do that with Santa Claus or Bigfoot or Flat Earth. They just attack QAnon more than anything in the world, except Trump. But, you know, we'll come back to that. Anyway, so some of the things that they like to claim, uh, QAnon are people that, and you've seen this when they go after President Trump directly even, uh, with these sort of gotcha setup questions. QAnon are a group of people who believe that uh, uh, Luciferian, Satan, Kabbalists have taken over the world and are eating children and drinking their blood and um, and they run the deep state, okay? There's a lot of caricatures there, so I wanna, I wanna boil that down to where there's a seed of truth in, in this sort of wild exaggeration that they've made. So you've all heard about, for example, Epstein, right? I mean, everyone's heard about Epstein at this point. So I'll use that as my example of uh, human trafficking being a legitimate issue. Human trafficking is a major issue. In fact, as a, as a profitable, uh, evil but profitable industry, it's uh, right up there with the drug trade. And it's uh, especially in the United States, hundreds of thousands of children are trafficked each year. It's nasty and you don't hear these statistics the same way you do with drugs. But here's the kicker. It's not the fact that Hillary Clinton and others are passing kids around at pool parties, and there might be some truth to some of that, uh, especially with Hillary and Podesta and those WikiLeaked emails that came out. But it's more about people like Epstein and Maxwell, his handler, using blackmail and, and honeypot traps to lure in pedophilic or even unsuspecting politicians into pedophilic activities by accident getting it on camera so that they can control them with blackmail. Now, this is something that may be state-sponsored, maybe like China is doing it or Russia is doing it, or maybe it's an individual actor like a George Soros who just has more money than they know what to do with and they want to use it for bad purposes and they want to use it to, to have clandestine power operations. So that's all legitimate. That's all on the record. We all know about Epstein who did not kill himself and Maxwell now who's going through the same process and hopefully will not kill herself and uh, can lead us to other names like Bill Clinton, who flew and participated in some of Epstein's crimes. So you see that there is a grain of truth to this whole child trafficking uh, deep state issue, right? There's a blackmail network. It works kind of like the mafia. Um, in the mafia, they go out and they shoot someone together, and then you become a made man. So you're like, you participated in a group murder with the other made men, so... They can trust you now because who would turn themselves in for murder? On the other hand, in the deep state, it's more about mutual blackmail or who can control who using things like, you know, we've got uh, dirt on you cheating on your spouse or we've got you with a child on camera or, or we've got you doing this when you weren't supposed to or when you lied about it or, or cheating on your taxes in this way. It's all about blackmail. It's a slimy, slimy swamp. So um, that's kind of the, the, the caricature of the, <laughs> of the uh, uh, child trafficking, uh, blood drinking, adrenochrome thing. Now, 
Is adrenochrome a real drug? Absolutely. Uh, it's on the books. There's, there's treatment for it. There's uh, addictions around it. Uh, it has been referenced in pop culture movies like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when Johnny Depp talked about it and how you get it. And yeah, it's a pretty gruesome topic, but that's not what we're talking about. 99% of what we're talking about is blackmail over people like maybe Adam Schiff or, or Schumer or, or Pelosi or who knows, right? Because of uh, definitely the Clintons, because of all the dirt people like Epstein collected on them. So that's number one. Uh, let's go into number So um, number two is the cult aspect. Like there's a cult or a cabal or a mysterious satanic group of people running this whole deep stage swamp show. Okay. Now I'm going to show you a clip real fast and, and I'm going to Maybe you've never seen this clip. Maybe you've been around the truther circles for a while and you're aware of a group called Skull and Bones. Okay, so check this out. You were both in Skull and Bones, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are gonna go on. I'm sure they are, I don't know. I haven't seen the website. Number 322. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but, uh, look, I look for- Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Skull and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322, a secret number? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. We can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And we'll be watching Be Safe on the Campaign Trail. John Kerry, thanks yes, for joining us. And we'll be right back. So that's a former president of the United States who's openly denying, basically, but can't talk about because it's pretty much on the record and he's caught. Pretty sure that journalist died not long after, by the way, for asking that question. Uh, and it also happened with John Kerry in a similar way. So we know that there are high-level politicians who are engaged in secret societies. It's not a shock. It's not a surprise. I mean, everyone's got a, a, a Masonic lodge down the road somewhere. You've probably all seen that lodge as you drive around town. Most local-level Mason stuff, it's like charity. They, they like to help people. It's a business thing. It's a networking thing, you know. But on the other hand, at the very highest levels, maybe there's something weird there happening. I mean, there's a lot of degrees. Who knows? Power corrupts. And the higher up you get in the pyramid, the more corrupting influence you have. But I digress, okay? There are secret societies out there like Skull and Bones, and we know about some of them, and we don't know about all of them. And what we do know, it's disturbing. It's a lot like it's a lot like one of those movies where there's sex magic parties going on everywhere, except there's probably more pedophilia going on, sure. I don't think that's even 1% of the crimes that we're talking about, but I do think that there are high-level politicians who are engaged in some of these uh, secret societies, and they, we've seen things like Skull and Bones uh, engaging in, and this was undercover footage operation where they had caught them on camera engaging in sort of occult ceremonies in graveyards using like, you know, skulls and things of that nature. So, you know, be aware that there are some traditions that go back for a long time and some of those things carry on and they may seem a little weird to us, but that doesn't mean that they're not happening. So is it a satanic cabal of Luciferians that are running the deep state? No, that is a caricature. But is there a grain of truth to that? 
are there people working in secret societies or, or meeting together in secret like the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, um, you know, groups like the Bahamian Grove, which Alex Jones infiltrated, I guess, maybe, I don't know. He must have came in on the night where they were just burning the effigy instead of the real people or something like that. But either way, we've all seen that famous footage from Alex Jones where he had the uh, Bohemian Grove people having this mock human sacrifice by fire uh, through an effigy that looks like a human. They're burning it in front of this giant owl in a cremation of care ceremony. So if you haven't seen that footage, definitely check that out as well. I'll include a clip right here for you. The Bohemian Club, the, as you say, the Bohemian Club, that's where all those rich Republicans go up and stand naked against redwood trees, right? I've never been to the Bohemian Club, but you ought to go. It'd be good for you. Get some fresh air. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition.
and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founding. Pretty disturbing and curious stuff. And it makes you want to learn more. And I think that's natural. I don't think that makes you a conspiracy theorist. I think it makes you maybe a conspiracy factualist or a conspiracy researcher, perhaps. That's fine with me. Um, I, you know, I, I want to touch briefly on a couple of other things, and that is sort of the general themes of the Q movement and how we've been right about a lot of things. Um, you know, I include myself because I've been covering it since the beginning uh, as an independent journalist, and I've, I've taken a lot of arrows, and I've been censored heavily for doing so. Uh, which makes you kind of wonder if I'm over the target or if, you know, we as a, as a movement have been over the target. And I would say that largely after the arrest of Epstein and the, uh, as, it, as everything is played out with Obamagate, uh, which was formerly known as Russiagate, where they tried to smear Trump, and now it's all came out that it was an open coup and they were spying and they were breaking laws and 
pretty much everything that we were talking about for a long time has come to pass. So I feel fairly confident and vindicated in my stance on QAnon, and there's a few more things yet to come. We're talking about the mass arrests, right? That is still coming. And why do I say that? Well, we're seeing all of the criminal actions laid bare to the public now through the actions of, uh, you know, Klein Smith, who's already been arrested, and his colleagues and peers that have already started to confess and turn on each other uh, or deny coming into subpoenas because they, they don't want to uh, get COVID supposedly. You know, over 50 deep state subpoenas went out not too long ago. So things are starting to really shape up into what will become arrests. Remember, we also have hundreds of thousands of sealed indictments on the back burner. Still a, a huge number unheard of. Usually it's one or 2,000 per year. But in just three years time, we've had almost 200,000. I haven't checked it in a while, maybe over 200,000 now. Um, I think I've hit most of the caricature points. I just wanted to briefly give people sort of a pushback against this because this is how the fake news portrays us. In fact, if they reference QAnon at all, it's always QAnon, a far-right fringe conspiracy group that tra talks about Democrats and high-level politicians being engaged in Luciferian cabalism and blah, 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 all the lies, right? That's the caricature. That's so that you don't look deeper, okay? They just make it look a little too goofy. But when you look deeper, you find a legitimate, concerned citizen researcher, citizen journalist movement taking on the fake news because no one else was, and we're winning. And that's why they're censoring us. That's why they're banning us. That's why they attack us next to only Trump more than anything else in the world. They're afraid of us and we're winning despite the censorship with big tech, despite the fake news and the smears and the narrative control with failing fake news and they're all going bankrupt and their ratings are crashing and they're having mass layoffs, even Fox now. It's all turning on them, right? So we're winning. We're winning because the people decided to wake up and start looking for the truth. And we're winning because the truth is its own defender. You just have to let it free. So we'll see you guys on the next one. I hope this has been of some value. Dustin Nemos, out.